0: Hello, I'm Holly Wainwright, you're listening to Mamma Mia Out Loud and I've got Jessie and Mia with me, as usual. But this Friday, you're going to get two Mamma Mia Out Louds in your feed. This afternoon, you're going to get our usual Friday show, but that is not this show.
1: Good evening, young comedian Eurydice Dixon has been identified as the victim of the alleged rape and murder at Princess Park. Her accused killer, James Todd, handed himself into police after detectives released images of a suspect. Much-loved comedian Eurydice Dixon was just minutes from home when she was attacked and killed in a Melbourne park, and this morning we're learning more details. Eurydice Dixon's friends say they can't believe she's gone and that her life was taken in such a way.
0: This kind of story is the kind of story that shakes women, shakes us to the absolute core. And we thought that we would get together to talk about it, Because we want to honour Eurydice and also we want to gather together in that way that women need to do sometimes, when we hear these horrible stories, we all go through these waves of emotion that we just feel we all need to express. First of all, the details of what happened, they sound eerily familiar in some ways to, Mm. to other attacks that we hear. But Eurydice was a confident young woman, by all accounts, a a feisty feminist who lived with her single dad and her brother after the death of her mum 11 years ago. Everyone who knew her and worked with her have been expressing how much they would not want this awful death to define her and more that her comedy was fantastic, that she was ambitious and talented, she'd studied drama, she was a, a girl who had everything ahead of her, a young woman who had everything ahead of her. Jessie, what do you think when you first hear of these stories?
2: I feel as though you're right. These stories absolutely shake us to our core. And a lot of people have a lot of different reactions. A lot of people were very angry yesterday and I just felt really sad. And I felt as though it was eerily reminiscent of Jill Maher, which is a crime that uh, I think has really shaped Australian consciousness when it comes to women
0: and safety at night. So Jill Mar's death is now five years ago. She was walking home from a bar in Fitzroy. Similar case in that it was a, ra- a random violent sexual murder.
2: And Jill Mar affected me in perhaps a, a different way to a, a lot of women in that I think I unconsciously took on the message that was coming ov- over the radio and on the television at the time, which was from police saying you need to be careful, situational awareness, the same sort of thing we're having now. And that that was a message that was really, really clear at the time. I remember feeling angered by it, but at the same time I think all women sort of have this idea in the back of their head. They're a little bit more conscious for the weeks that follow. And it was about two weeks after Jill Ma was murdered that I was walking down the street and was attacked. And so it's sort of reminding me of that moment. But in, in an ironic way, that attack and that lesson that we were given from it was the wrong lesson because we were told to not walk alone at night, to be particularly vigilant. And for me, it was walking down the street at 4pm on a Tuesday with someone, with a phone, with everything I was meant to be doing, and it made no difference. And I think it just really highlighted that firstly, the streets don't belong to the monsters. The, the streets don't belong to the men who perpetrate these particular acts. But women aren't safe anywhere. We're not safe in our homes. We're certainly not safe with our boyfriends. Statistically, it's so much more likely that mm. the boyfriend walking you down the street is going to hurt you than some man hiding in the bushes. So I'm really conscious of this lesson that is being promulgated at the moment, being an absolute farce.
0: Mia, don't you think it's very much human nature in these in these instances for us to examine the details of these cases in order to make ourselves somehow feel safer? Do you think that this reaction that Jesse's talking about, they're like, well, maybe you shouldn't be walking down the street and all those things. Do you think that's almost a part of us that we just want to put some distance? That couldn't happen to me because I wouldn't do that. I think that is human nature to
1: try to look for reasons why this either couldn't have happened to us or won't happen to us in the future I think that's part of our survival instinct and I think that that can easily be confused with victim blaming Uh, and I think asking questions about but what time was it but why was she alone but why but was there why did she walk through the park all of those kind of questions can really sound like victim blaming as if she should have made different decisions but I think what we're grappling with is the randomness of it. But to me, it's the details of this tragedy that are just so poignant and make it so relatable. It's been reported that her her close friend, a guy called Tony Magnusson, was one of the last people to see her alive and they'd um, been at the gig together. She'd been at the Highlander Bar where she'd done one of her regular stand-up sets and they'd had a knockoff drink together and then they'd left the bar at 10.40 and they'd walked to get food at a nearby supermarket where he says that um, Eurydice purchased a paleo bar for the Journey Home. There's something about that detail that almost just mm-hmm. brings me to tears. And he said, she was happy and content. She gave me a hug, blew me a kiss and said she was going for a walk, Mr Magnuson said she was on top of the world because her gig went so well. At 12am, I got a message uh, that said, I'm almost home safe, HBU, which is how about you? And it was sometime between 12 and, and 2.40 when her body was discovered that um she was raped and murdered by someone who either followed her or who was waiting for her to go past. And all the things you think about, I mean, I even have been reading about descriptions of her and I've watched some of her stand-up that has been posted on social media. She was a tall, strong woman and the sense of exasperation that I think we all have and and the police have really copped it and I don't think that's fair for them where they've said what was it Holly I think you've got it there
0: so it was the detective inspector Andrew Stamper from the homicide squad said my message is that people need to be aware of their own personal security and just be mindful of their surroundings one of the reasons that he said that in particular because although they had somebody in custody at that point for this horrendous attack. There had been a sexual assault in a Melbourne park in late March and they haven't got that person and he needed to make it clear that these matters were unrelated and he was saying, unfortunately, it means there's probably still an offender at large and so that's why he made that point. So the Age published a tweet
1: based on that and it said, police are urging people to take responsibility for their safety when walking alone in Carlton North after a woman was found dead there overnight. And the quote is, make sure people know where you are and if you've got a mobile phone, carry it. And then someone called Lindsay Green um, tweeted in response to that in in something that's gone viral. What does it mean to take responsibility for our safety? Dress differently, walk differently, look at or talk to men in a certain way, message friends when we get home, walk with keys in our hands because we already do all these things and men continue to assault and murder us. And indeed, that was true. She mm. w- she had a phone in her hand. People knew where she was. She, w- she was walking. She was close to home. She texted someone. She did all the so-called right things and yet it still happened. And it's not the police's fault. I understand people do tend to lash out at police at this stage because invariably they make these statements after these crimes happen and invariably people say, why do we have to change our behaviour? Why don't men just stop raping and killing women?
2: That statement was made with a certain level of inevitability, which is how I feel like sexual assault and rape and the murder of women is often approached, which I don't feel as though we have the same perspective when it comes to other crimes. So, for example, in King's Cross, when uh, men were being king hit, we virtually shut down King's Cross. There was and yeah. changed the laws. Exactly, we changed the laws. And there was an outcry, a completely valid outcry, because young people shouldn't be murdered. And there was an enormous political movement. There were structural changes that we made to prevent it ever happening again, yet it does not feel like well, when it comes a, as to... As Annabel
1: Crabb says, if someone was being taken by a shark every week, we would drain the oceans. And yet a woman is raped or murdered more than once a week. And what do we do? We say, oh, women... Just make sure you know where you are and be careful.
0: But the thing that's interesting about that and this whole discussion is, as Jesse rightly said at the beginning of the show, we are in danger... Far, far more from men that we know. And the the one woman a week is a domestic violence statistic, what we call domestic violence, family violence statistic. One woman a week is not being randomly assaulted in the street like this and murdered. And I personally think, not to in any way minimise the absolute horror of, of this incident and what has happened, but we need to remember that. We need to remember it because if we think that literally our streets are full of monsters who are just hanging out on corners waiting to attack us and murder us, we can't do anything that turns us into caged animals and women have to be on the streets. We have to walk out. Young women have got shit to do and places to go and they can't be terrified all the time. So I think it's really important that we do make that distinction when we're talking about violence prevention because the reason that we know these names so well, the reason we know Jill Maher and we know Stephanie Scott and we know Masut Vukatik is because these are Awful, abhorrent crimes do not happen every day. When they happen, they are abhorrent and terrifying and they terrify us all because they speak to our most primal fears as women and our most primal fears of how unsafe we are in the world. But we can't let it turn us into terrified people who don't leave our homes. But you
1: know when people say you're more in danger in your own home, what am I meant to do with that information? So to me, I feel... And I'm going to say as a feminist, I always like to think that I'm as m- much in my control of my destiny as, as I can be, you know? I like to feel that I can do things proactively. I can get mammograms to, you know, make sure if I got breast cancer, it will get caught early. I can wear my seatbelt in the car. I can, you know, cross at the lights. What can we tell us? Like, do we just have to say we just have to rely on the, the goodwill of every man in the world not to rape and murder us? I know that's the truth. But I think that it just highlights, so it
2: terrifying. highlights that the responsibility Lies with the male perpetrators, which yes. I know it's it seems so ridiculous to say, men, can you please not rape at these times? It's It sounds completely ridiculous. But the reality is that you can take every precaution and you can be as aware just as she was with her phone in her hand. She was doing everything she'd been taught to do since mm-hmm. she was five years old and it still happened. And to go and reassess what she did and ask questions about why she was in a park and blah, 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 which people will inevitably do doesn't help because what, what people are saying is that, you know, it could be 9am in your mar- yeah, marriage Yeah, but I think bed. the
1: reason we do that, and I think that there's an important sort of tribal reason that we do that, it's for survival. It's to say, are there any lessons we can learn here? Is there any modification required of our behaviour? Now, we might say we're not prepared to do that, but there's, there's, there is a, a kind of a, a prehistoric purpose to us asking those
0: questions. It's a very natural human emotion. But I think that it's... What you were saying before about what can we do with that information that we're less safe in our own homes is we actually can do stuff with that information. It used to be legal to hit your wife. It used to be legal to rape your wife. It's only really since the, the movement of feminism that those things are now so abhorrent that, that yes, they still happen all the time, but it's a cultural shift away from that being okay. There are actual things we can do. There isn't really very much you can do about, and I hate to use the word again that you used it earlier, Jesse, but it's true. But about the monsters, the yeah. these these men who you know, and we will look and we will obsess about the details of this perpetrator. And it does seem he handed himself in, so it does seem to be a case that that they've got the right guy in this case. And now we're hearing that he was on the autism spectrum, that he had developmental issues, and we will obsess about his reasons as we should do. But these monsters are not on every corner. The monster you're much more likely to to rub up against is one that is much less obvious that and That just terrifying. doesn't make me feel much better. But you know but what? It also seems counterintuitive
2: to tell women that they are safer if they don't leave the house. Like that's not what a safe world looks like. A safe world yeah. isn't the one where I can't walk around at night. Yeah. And where the streets are empty. But I
1: don't think anyone's saying don't leave the house at night. I think... It's it, It's thinking about are there places and situations where I might be more vulnerable if I'm, say, alone yeah. or if it's after a certain time or if it's not lit well. Maybe the answer here is that park needs to be better lit or then, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just a terrible tragedy that, as you say, Stephanie Scott was murdered in the middle of the day in her... Workplace. primary school classroom on a weekend. I mean, what you said yesterday, Holly, one of the things you said to me which was really interesting was that you're right, we're all talking about what did she do, where was she, What at what time of, of the night was it. What, but you said, I'm interested in him. Mm.
0: Where did we go wrong with him? Exactly, and we'll hear a lot about that in terms of who his family are and what his background is and how do you make a monster, you know. Yeah. I mean, that is really interesting because – Thankfully, they are not that common. They exist, but they're not that common. And, I mean, the Jill Ma story so burned in all of our brains. I read an amazing investigation in the Fairfax Press about that And when they were talking about Adrian Bailey, who is the very definition of a monster, right? He had a a long rap sheet of sexual violence. and, And what came out about him was the fact that he should never have been walking the streets. And that did lead to a change in the parole laws in Victoria. So something tangible has happened. But the chances of Jill Ma being walking at that particular time, at that particular spot, at that particular moment when that particular horrific individual was hunting, basically, are minuscule and horrendous. There isn't and really much you can do about it. And that's that.
1: why every woman has a chill because we've all been Jill, we've all been Eurydice, we've all been Stephanie, we've all been Anita Cobby walking back from the train station, we've all been Massa going for a jog we've all been those women and it just seems too horrific and shattering to think that there is nothing we can do to protect ourselves or our daughters or our
2: sisters or our mothers or our friends or from that happening again and rape is a unique crime in that when it is perpetrated it is almost perpetrated against all women it keeps all women in fear Mm. it is an act of gendered violence that makes you feel terrified it's
1: like terrorism
2: it actually isn't it? is it's it's like gender terrorism and it feels so sad and oppressive and the crime the gravity of the crime just seems so much larger when you consider that women don't feel safe to leave their houses which I know I've felt and then I've thought it's an act of Re- rebellion or almost activism to walk to the train station. But Jesse,
1: I don't want you to do that. Like you said the other day, you were walking home after work or whatever. I don't, I don't want you to do that. Like I am, like I don't know if that's victim shaming or, or I don't know. It, like it's not.
2: But I, like I want you to change your behaviour. But then, aren't I giving the streets? to the monsters. but I'm just saying that street belongs to you because you're the one, you're the one in a million, you're the shark who comes along. It's like Holly was saying yesterday, it's like never going for a swim because you're terrified yeah, you're going to get eaten by know. a shark.
1: And this is where I'm stuck because I'm also at a stage where my daughter's 12 and I'm, I'm you know, trying to encourage her to be more independent and that's hard for any mother to do. And, but i i want to say be a strong confident woman and i want to say that to you as well and to myself but i also
2: want to say be careful i feel like our streets are, are more safe with more
0: women on them they are That's and also true. And, That's and you true. know statistically statistically our streets are no less safe than yeah. they have ever been right so if we allow it to i mean of course we all women all we do all the time risk um Allaying behaviour, don't we? We, With the keys and with the lights and with the can you walk me home and stuff, yes. But it's just impossible to imagine that you'll never, that a young woman in particular will never be walking the streets and it shouldn't be like that. And of course it shouldn't be like that. They belong to us. I think
1: what's interesting though when we talk about equality and inequality and that's why... I'm not even feeling angry today. I'm just Mm -hmm. feeling incredibly sad, incredibly sad, and I'm feeling defeated. It's almost learned helplessness because I know nothing will change and that there'll be another woman's name that we're going to learn in a year or two years, heaven forbid. But it's about the inequality that exists between men and women because of the mental load we have to carry as women every time we leave our houses and sometimes within our houses, I agree, but every time we let a tradesperson into our house, every time we get into an Uber or a taxi. You know, I I I don't remember what it's like to get into a taxi and I remember when I was young looking to make sure the door handles hadn't been taken off and I was being abducted. Like to just be watching and alert, is this person driving me the right way home? You know, every walking to my car with my key, with my keys between my fingers, that is something men do not understand. That we are constantly have this live with this awareness that the only thing between us and not being raped or murdered or assaulted is the decision of the man that we're in close proximity to to not rape or murder us. And that's a shocking vulnerability and mental load to carry
0: that we all carry. We do, but you can't let it rule you. I don't let it rule me. I don't think those things. Like, of course, and when I was young, I didn't either. I mean, of course I wouldn't take unnecessary risk. I reckon
1: that's about how your mum brought you up. Well,
0: I grew up in a city and you walked everywhere. Like, it was not, it's different from in Australia where people get 60. A lot of, you know, middle-class kids would get a car when they're 60. Like, I walked everywhere when I was a kid. I grew up in a city and you were, of course, street smart, of course. And I think it made you street smart. And then I lived in London for lots of years and walking it to and from tube but stations. But did your mum
1: teach you things like when you she, get into your car, you look in the back seat to make sure there's no one there? No.
0: No. And it's interesting because really? when I grew up, there was um, a serial killer, very famous one, the Yorkshire Ripper, was was hunting women in the place that I grew up and so it was a lot of conversation about it but I was never told to be terrified and I think that's really important and I think that that's a line we all need to walk like that mm. and we have and as parents and that you have to decide how much common sense and uh you know, reasonable fear you want your daughter to have about how vulnerable she is in the world. But I would hate for my daughter to grow up thinking that she couldn't do a whole list of things because of this fear. Guys, we know that we haven't solved any of the world's big problems with this talk today, but we also know how important it is for women to get together and express how they're feeling um, in moments that shake us all. Obviously, the people most directly affected by what happened to Eurydice are her family and her friends and her colleagues. Anyone who even lives in that neighbourhood, and they're the people we should really be thinking about today. There is a GoFundMe page set up uh, to help Eurydice's family, and there's also a uh
1: there's a reclaim Princess Park vigil on Monday night, the 18th of June, from 5:30 to 7:30. I think that's a beautiful idea because I'm just looking at pictures. It looks like a beautiful park and a beautiful place, and um, this idea of reclaiming it. From a monster is a really, hopefully, I don't know, I I feel pretty hopeless, but that's one good thing that you can do. Coming together, I think, is really important, whether it's coming together and listening to this podcast or just talking about it with a girlfriend over the the weekend or or calling your sister or your mum or your friend. Sometimes you just need to connect with other people who are feeling the same way as you
0: are. And if you or anybody that you know has been a victim of sexual violence or needs to talk to somebody, please call 1-800-RESPECT.